other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Thanks for starting a brand new week with me. I hope you had a nice weekend. The New York State Legislative Session is now officially over, and these days the state legislature doesn't do very much that I agree with, but... They did pass a bill at the end of last week, which I think is for the best. Both houses in the state legislature passed a bill to prohibit slaughtering and selling horses for human consumption in New York. 83% of Americans oppose the slaughter of horses for human consumption. Yet, thousands of American horses are shipped to Mexico and Canada each year. And New York horses likely face an even greater risk because of our proximity to Canada. The ASPCA, which uh, supported this, said that research shows that 2.3 million Americans have the interest and resources to adopt a horse, saying there are more than enough homes for the 20,000 American horses who were exported for slaughter last year. There are places, Italy comes to mind, that... Horse meat consumption is very common. We should not be eating horses. Do you look at these horses? You see these just beautiful domestic animals. You want to make an argument that you should be riding them. You should be taking care of them. Okay, you want to even make an argument for racing them. Let's have that discussion. But to say that these animals should be murdered and shipped off to be meat for somebody else... That is something I absolutely can't abide. So I'm glad the state legislature did this, and I am hoping Governor Hochul signs the measure into law. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. A funny thing has happened here at WABC over the course of the last three years, and that is this station has totally been turned around. Now, I'd like to think that I have played a small role in that, along with a lot of my colleagues that weren't here three years ago. People like uh, Dominic Carter, people like Rita Cosby, everybody, and other people being used differently than they were. Certainly, Sid Rosenberg has played a role. Curtis Sliwa has played a role. But ultimately, the person who is responsible for the WABC miracle, where we were not even in the top 25 in the ratings, and now we are routinely in the top 10 in the ratings, is our owner, John Katzmatidis. Not only did he give me and others a terrific opportunity to grow an audience here, but he actually fixed a lot of the problems with management, with uh, programming, a bunch of other things. And now, you might have heard about this on Sid Rosenberg's program Thursday morning, He basically teased that he's aiming to buy CNN from Warner Brothers. And he told the New York Post that he'd go run that place tomorrow morning and all he'd want is a dollar per year. Now, I don't know if this is likely. I don't know if this is something he's really entertaining. But I will say this. I have seen what John Katsimatidis has done at WABC firsthand, and I have seen the places that CNN could use some improvement, not only ratings-wise, but revenue-wise and elsewhere, and they would benefit immensely 
from John Katzmatidis taking over that station. So I or that network. I would love to see it happen. And I think you would see a whole new approach to cable news, the kind of thing that uh, you're not really seeing anywhere these days. And I'd love to see it. We'll see what happens. Beam me up. To be continued. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Here's a story that I brought to your attention last week. We told you that New York State prisons were quietly adopting new rules to clamp down on writing, music, art, and other creative work from people inside. Incarcerated artists and outside nonprofits who wanted to publish the materials would have to both submit it to internal reviews first. The news outlet New York Focus broke the news. I raised holy hell. A lot of First Amendment experts raised holy hell prisoners raised holy hell and it was a big deal it's not clear if the rules would apply to journalism by prisoners or anything like that now there was a massive public backlash in part because of you and people responding to my commentary and now the department of corrections and community supervision announced on wednesday that it was rescinding the directive in Entirely. Rachel Connors, spokesperson for that agency, said it was never our objective to limit free speech or creative endeavors. And they said that they're reversing this policy. This is obviously a victory for incarcerated people in New York, but it also foreshadows free speech battles that are likely to emerge across the country. Because the bottom line is the First Amendment still applies to incarcerated people. New York State has a pretty awful history as a leading prison censor. Some states require some prisoners to give their profits from creative work and other sources over to victims as restitution. The directive New York rescinded would have done that. The examples that make the news usually involve celebrities. After the singer R. Kelly was convicted of sex trafficking, one of his victims successfully gained access to his music royalties, a revised version of New York's Son of Sam Law was used to take Anna Delvey's proceeds from the TV show on Netflix, Inventing Anna. So we'll see where this goes. If New York State releases revised rules, it could prompt further legal battles, not just in New York, but around the country. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Districting mess from last year? Well, anybody could have told you that was going to be a total disaster. They came up with a bipartisan commission to redraw the lines for Congress and for the state legislature in New York. Shockingly, you put an even number of Republicans and Democrats together and they couldn't agree. What happens when you can't agree? Well, the lines get drawn by the state legislature, which the Democrats currently have a supermajority in. They draw the worst set of gerrymandered lines 
evidence that there is. So a lot of people unhappy with gerrymandering challenge this in court. Lo and behold, this case makes it all the way up to the Court of Appeals, and the Court of Appeals strikes down these maps. And we ultimately ended up with much fairer maps, and that's a good thing, a victory for democracy, and I think it shows the system works. You can challenge unconstitutional laws like gerrymandering and get them struck down in state court. Great. Works. Well, now, not only is the Court of Appeals being rigged to make it so that if that case comes before the Court of Appeals again, that it will likely have a different outcome, but very quietly in the middle of the night, the state legislature has just passed a new law saying that any challenge to New York election laws, any legal challenges to the constitutionality of a provision of the election law shall be brought in only one of four counties, New York County, Westchester County, Albany County, and Erie County. So they wouldn't have been able to do what they did in the redistricting case where a Republican judge heard the case and threw out those lines. What do the four counties that I just mentioned have in common? Well, you're much more likely to have Democratic judges hear the cases in those four counties. That means if you're challenging a provision of the election law, even in Nassau County, you can't bring that case in Nassau or Suffolk. You have to go to New York County, Erie, Albany, or Westchester. This is absurd. This is a blatant attempt to rig the system to make it so that Democratic judges only get to hear election law cases. I think this is blatantly unconstitutional, and I'm actually going to try and bring a challenge to this law. We'll see what happens. Beam me up! To be continued.